Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Misfit Musician, the podcast where music and mental health meet. This week, I had the amazing privilege of getting to speak to Sam Osborne, also known as Self-Worth Sam. We talked about imposter syndrome and knowing your self-worth as a musician and an artist in general, and he just had some really wonderful, wonderful tips and suggestions for ways that you can look at your imposter syndrome and try to learn from it and embrace it as another side of your whole being. He does a lot of mentoring, so after you listen to the episode, if this is something you think that you would be interested in learning more about or in working with Sam, um, the links are in the show notes below, so go check out his page, give him a follow, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Sam, welcome to The Misfit Musician the podcast where music and mental health meet. Um, I'm so, so happy that you could be here today and come on. Um, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. You're an expert in this area and you have a lot of wisdom to offer all of the listeners. Um, and I thought that you could start by introducing yourself because you do so many things. I mean, you're an educator, an entertainer. You just came out with a book, I think. You have a podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Well- Thank you, Bronnie. It's a a real pleasure to be on your podcast. And um, so a little bit about myself. I have over a decade of teaching in classrooms uh, around in schools in Germany, Australia, and now in California. Um, everything from kindergarten through to year 12, college, and also I now also uh, teach adults. So that's sort of like my day job. Wow. That's what I've been doing for a while is, is teaching people mostly English and drama. Okay. And in addition to that, I've started my own school of self-worth, which is where the imposter syndrome uh, topic comes in. And I really love this topic. And yeah, I have a background in performing lots of entertaining jobs, if you like, or um, acting. I used to do acting for police and prison guard training wow which was incredible so basically i've been arrested hundreds of times okay i was gonna i was wondering what does that yeah. entail <laughs> well you, you you essentially have to help new recruits new police recruits to you know train in different scenarios so you get different characters mm. different scenarios and there's always like a, a senior police officer uh, or a, a prison guard assessor standing next to you and you know coaching you on how to you know, be good enough or how to um, be the character for whoever you're training for. Uh, so that was lots of fun, certainly going to prisons and pretending to be a prisoner and being in the cell. Wow. My gosh, that was uh, that was interesting work. Uh, also was a living statue performer for a, a few years. You know, those people who stand yeah. really still in the street and scare people? I did that and I loved it. It was probably one of the most satisfying jobs you could have is to get your body painted, wear a costume and stand still and then wait for people to come past and just give them a, a, a you know, 
a pleasant fright, let's put it that way. <laughs> I've always wondered, uh, like, do you get tired standing in the same position for a long time? Okay, so yeah, in the first 20 minutes, your eyes stop weeping. So if you're like staring at one thing across the room to try and maintain, you know, the, the facade or the illusion that you're a statue, you have to keep your eyes still and you know, the first 20 minutes, your eyes are watering and you're like, oh my gosh, and you can't really wipe them. So I just learned, okay, in 20 minutes, that will stop. Um, if your hands are held up like a mannequin, like, you know, a, a storefront mannequin, uh -huh. sort of in a sort of a slightly deformed shape, you know, if you hold them up for too long, yes, you, your arms are going to start to get numb. So uh, you would have to move your arm suddenly just to give yourself another 10 minutes where the blood would flow. Right. But yeah, it, it can hurt certain parts of your body after a while. And, um, but the job was so satisfying that I didn't care about that. You know, that sounds awesome. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's done that before. Oh, it, you know, it was a, a job. I just, a friend said, you should go and do this job. It's, um, it's kind of like performance. And that's all she told me. And I remember going for the, let's call it the interview and the guy who ran the, the statue company. I love this guy from Australia, James Gray. He's one of my mentors and, you know, great friend. And he just basically said, can you stand still? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can stand still. Good. Um, so that was fun. I also did, uh, I've done a lot of DJ work, weddings, nightclubs, uh, electronic music festivals, business award nights. And I guess where the imposter syndrome comes into my experience was when I actually first started to become, well, I wanted to become an entertainer and wait for it. I wanted to become a, a professional human beatboxer and I wanted to go into schools and give workshops to young people, you know, to motivate them, to find their strength, uh, to find their unique talent. And, you know, in the disguise of something really cool, like beatboxing, and so I brought in, I brought in a, a vocal loop machine and I also used to do children's birthday parties with the beatbox theme and it was just a bunch of fun, right? That sounds so fun. Yeah. yeah. That's and that's, that's just scratching it. I've done a few other things, you know, MC work, anything where there's an audience. I love it. Hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that like you've felt imposter syndrome and you've, you still love these like performer entertainer roles despite yeah. that. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people would look at that and feel like it's kind of the opposite of each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Imposter syndrome first popped up into my, into my space, into my mind, becoming an entertainer over 10, 15 years ago. And then, you know, I just put myself out there. I was like, I'm going to push past this. And it's like, this is ridiculous, you know, imposter syndrome, come on. You know, I, I thought if I just do more performing or do more public speaking, I'll desensitize myself to the, to the fear of public speaking or to the fear of what other people will say of me. And that kind of worked, but it's not really, let's say the authentic way is not, it didn't really get me over the line of like, yep, I feel totally confident now. Mm. And interestingly, when I started to just, you know, work on becoming an imposter syndrome expert. I really just went, I love this topic and let's go start researching it. Imposter syndrome 
reared its ugly head once again. I was looking on Amazon at all these books by, you know, psychologists who had written about imposter syndrome and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have those kind of accolades and who am I to talk about imposter syndrome? And it really, it came back even after a decade when I'd thought I'd, you know, gotten over it. And I guess it just taught me this sort of valuable lesson that um, you don't have to be an expert before you start sharing the material. And as a musician or a, an actor or a performer or entertainer, you don't have to be a pro before you can start putting yourself out there with joy for your audience and loving what you do. And I found that loving what you do is actually a great medicine for, uh, for imposter syndrome. Like if you want to start somewhere, love what you do, love your audience, give them a great performance. And imposter syndrome doesn't really stick around, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Joy, yeah. joy. Yeah, I, I love that because I think we're taught like you have your craft and then you go into the practice room and you perfect it. And then when it's ready, you bring it to people. And so this idea of bringing what you're working on before you feel like it's completed or you're ready is something that we're not really taught to do. Yeah, it, it brings up this idea of perfectionism. I think it's connected to imposter syndrome of I'll, I'll start putting myself out there as a performer when I'm really good, or I'll start um, putting myself out there on stage or a screen or in the studio when I've perfected, you know, whatever it is that I'm working on. However, the, the, the negative side of that is you might never start because you might never feel that you're ready, which is what I went through when I wanted to become an entertainer. Even though people were saying to me, you are ready, you're great, you've got the talent, go do it. I still felt, ah, I'm not quite ready, I don't feel good enough. So there was a, some self-worth issues there, which often comes along with imposter syndrome. Just despite the fact that everyone around me was quite supportive. Yeah, I I definitely want to talk about self worth a little bit because your your tagline is self worth Sam, <laughs> um, yeah, and I want to yeah. talk more about that. But just in case there's anyone listening who is new to the idea of imposter syndrome or doesn't really know exactly how to define it, what how would you describe imposter syndrome, and how do you think that's normal, or how do you think it's different than like typical self doubt? Yeah, so typical self doubt is more to do with confidence in the sense that uh, if you self-doubt is when you don't feel like you have the skill or the competency to do something um, usually for the first time that can be quite a you know typical you know I, I feel like I, I feel doubtful about you know going on stage for the first time or I feel doubtful about starting piano lessons of course it's totally normal that's a, a normal self-doubt you can have mm -hmm. and then Imposter syndrome is a kind of self-doubt that you would have even though you've been doing it for a while. So imposter syndrome, if you look in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it would say it is persistent self-doubt despite evidence of, evidence of ongoing success. Mm. So this is the feeling that a lot of people say, they go, yeah, look, I've, I've performed many times. I've had lots of people say that I am a great performer. Or you might have, you know, awards. 
like and lots of training but you still feel like that's all just an illusion and you've made it up and you don't deserve it and there's lots of little things in there that can be coming up for you even though you can do the job you can do the performance really well mm-hmm. yeah makes a lot of sense do you think um because i know as a musician I think imposter syndrome comes up all the time, but I've also noticed it in some ways now for me, it comes up more in areas that aren't necessarily related to playing violin. So Mm -hmm. I might feel it like, you know, even recording a podcast episode or things that I are pushing me a little bit more outside of my comfort zone. Um, Do you think that there's certain, uh, certain scenarios we find ourselves in that, lead more towards imposter syndrome or do you think it yeah. kind of comes up for yeah. everyone in different ways the let's let's look at life in let's call them seven areas of life okay so you um the main area of life that people feel imposter syndrome is usually regarding their intelligence so something to do with their mind and their career so those two areas of life my your mind your your knowledge your skills Uh, your thoughts, your creativity, your ideas, that's one area of your life, anything in the mind, and your career, your vocation. That's usually the top two areas that imposter syndrome uh, shows up in people's lives. However, I've been talking to people recently, a really another area is relationships. So someone can be in a relationship with someone and feel that they are not worthy of the person that they're with they feel that they're not good enough for that person. They feel like an imposter, a fake. And it can work the other way. You can be in a relationship and you feel that the other person isn't really for you. You don't really want to be with that person, but you're faking that you want to be in the relationship. That's a slightly different kind of faking it. Mm-hmm. But it does show up in that in that sense. And it's got that, that theme of not being authentic to yourself and the people in your in that relationship space. Um, let's take your finances, like your money life. Some people feel that, um, they are, they are a fake when it comes to doing performance and getting, uh, paid for their work. They can feel that they don't deserve to be paid for, you know, performing. I believe there should be a fair exchange. If you perform by all means, you should be paid. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful transaction. It's called fair exchange. Um, it could come up in your spiritual life, you know, your, you, your purpose and your meaningful life. You might feel like you have a cause for life. You might feel like you are trying to achieve some spiritual um, enlightenment or just follow your religious path, but you can feel like you're a fake, that you're not good enough to be doing that. So it can come up in lots of different areas, not just your career or your mental life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it, a lot of times if we're, because we're a whole person, mind, body, spirit, if something's affecting one part of us, it kind of leaks into other areas. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned like your own journey with imposter syndrome, and I'm wondering what that was like for you and how that led you to wanting to help other people work through it and do you still is it still something that you find yourself like noticing and um i guess working on or working with yeah yeah okay Okay. so 
I wanted to become an entertainer and uh, like a beatboxer. I wanted to go into schools and entertain children and teenagers with this ability to create drum sound effects with my voice, which I've been able to do, and it's a lot of fun. But I just couldn't come to picking up the phone and calling schools to get booked. Mm. You know, you've, at some point you've got to pitch yourself, right? I couldn't do it. And so I procrastinated for about 10 years. So I first started wanting to do it at the age of 20. And it took me 10 years really to muster up the confidence to actually pick up the phone and start calling people and say, would you like to book me? That, that, was, uh, that was scary for me. And so I pushed through that. I was like, I'm just going to just pick up the phone. And even though I fumbled and stumbled and erred and armed my words, and I felt really just like, you know, uh, what's just really nervous to do it because I didn't feel that I was good enough. So there was that self-worth issues there. Fast forward, you know, I got into DJing around the age of 32. I love DJing, absolutely love it. And I remember wanting to, you know, I wanted to mix at parties and I wanted to get an agent. And I remember the first time that I was DJing at a club and my fingers are shaking and, you know, it's just just nerves and it's like, oh my gosh, people are going to find out that I'm not, you know, good at this and stuff, even though, again, I had some evidence that I was, I was all right. Yeah. And then when I started to focus on imposter syndrome, again, you know, being, uh, I think it's too much comparison to people who are, quote, authorities, people who are already established out there. And, you know, I, I, it pops its head up a little bit, even like, you know, in the last week, it's been sort of just, it just a little voice inside. It's like an inner critic. Um, but I've come to learn to love that voice. I've come to learn to love that part of myself that I don't like to admit is there or I don't want to have to deal with it. But if you turn around and you're able to love that part of yourself, it transforms. And there's an incredible amount of wisdom in that part of yourself, in that imposter. For example, if you think about it, imposter syndrome, if you believe you are an imposter, it's you are, and that you are faking who you are, and you believe it, even though there's evidence to the contrary, what that's saying is that you have an excellent imagination, is that you're actually able to believe that you are something that you're not. And so I say, why don't you just use that incredible talent to believe that you are something that you're not and choose something that you want to be? That's so, such a great twist. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like reframe it. It's like, Okay, so I'm really good at believing my own BS story. Why don't I think of a better BS story? <laughs> you know, like that's that's how I like to see it. It's like bring love and light to your darkness and you will expand. You'll expand your being. You'll access 50% more of your creativity. I believe there's an incredible amount of wisdom and uh, creativity in our darkness. So, so love that part of yourself. Yeah, that, I, I would agree been, with that, yeah. yeah. That's how it's been coming up for me. Wow, that's amazing. I think of when you were talking about light in the darkness, like I think of a lot of the famous poets 
Um, one time I was reading a book that just had like the lives of poets and then some of their poetry and they went through, they just had the most tragic lives and yet what they created was so beautiful. And yeah, I love that idea of the, all the parts of our lives, even those difficult parts can create something really beautiful if we allow it. Yeah. There's um, a beautiful quote by Joseph Campbell and he says, uh, where we stumble there lies our treasure. And so if you stumble on imposter syndrome or you feel like a fake, behind that stumbling where you feel, oh, I don't want to have to deal with that little part of me, behind that is an incredible treasure. Usually authenticity, more creativity, freedom, love, and, and transformation of, of who you are. So don't think of imposter syndrome as this thing that is a problem with you. Reframe it and go, this is actually a teacher in disguise. And I've come to believe that imposter syndrome is feedback from our, our heart or our mind that is encouraging us to come back to center. So that when we're centered, we're balanced, we see both sides of ourselves and we expand our being. And we're able to be more creative. We access more creative potential because we love more of ourselves, the good and the bad. It makes us realistic, it set realistic goals. And that it allows us to bypass procrastination and to go and share our gifts with the world lovingly. So when you were mentioning um, like 50% more creativity being possible, this is like where it's coming from, from that yeah. full understanding of yourself. Yeah. So if you imagine on one side of you, well, the opposite of imposter syndrome is, you know, let's say the confident self. Hmm. And if you go too far, you become cocky and arrogant. So you don't want to go that far, but that is the other side of the spectrum. Then if you go to the, the right side, You've got imposter syndrome, feeling like a fraud, self-doubt. You know, let's let's see it like that, 50-50. Mm -hmm. Most people go, yep, I want to access my confidence, be a great performer, musician, actor, whatever their role is. And that's there's a lot of potential for creativity by going, yep, I'm going to be a confident, masterful performer and creator. But they forget this entire other side of themselves, the darkness the things they don't want to admit. And in psychology, they call it the shadow self, right? Mm -hmm. However, if you can expand your perception and say, all right, I'm going to accept that there are two sides to me, the good and the, and the bad, the, the light and the dark, love them both equally, you transform. What, whatever you love transforms. You know, it's like a garden. If you, if you treat your garden well, and talk to your plants and water them, they grow. If you're in a relationship and you love and appreciate the other person, the relationship grows. Even if you, even the, the things you don't like about the person or whatever. So if you do the same thing for yourself, you can't but help grow that part of yourself that you've not been loving. Hmm. It's nice to see it that way. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Because then you don't think, oh, you know, I'm a fraud. There's a part of me that I don't want to show to the world. It's like, no, show us your vulnerability. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, it's a human way. And I think we really need that in this day and age. It allows people to connect with you more. And I think it's, yeah, it's just such a nice balance to think about 
embracing imposter syndrome in the way that, you know, rather than ignoring it and trying to just feel more confident, just kind of like put your head down and keep going. Yeah. I really like that. I mean, imposter syndrome is, if you think in terms of archetypes, is a bit of a jester, a bit of a fool, you know, playful. And if you are an imposter, you are able to, um, you know, change your character. So you go, okay, so there's a, there is a creative element to the imposter, the ability to imagine and pretend. That's a great skill to have. So tap into that. And yeah, definitely you can relate to other people because uh, everyone goes through similar sort of feelings at some point. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When you're working with people, um, what are some of, like what's the first sort of steps that you have them taking to practice loving themselves and like embracing more of the darkness, I guess. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, the research says the first thing you should do is tell your story to somebody else who's also been through imposter syndrome. Mm. That's probably, you know, get it off your chest. Go and find someone that you trust, a mentor, a friend, another performer, and say, hey, listen, I go through imposter syndrome. Can I just tell you about and you're getting a second opinion. And if the other person's been through it, they're gonna go, yeah, I go through it too. So first of all, you're gonna create positive relationship. That's that's one of the best things you can do if you're experiencing imposter syndrome is positive relationships, share your imposter syndrome story. And you're gonna find you're not alone. When you when you realize it's not just you, you're like, oh, phew, you know, this it, that takes the pinch off. Yeah. Now, now let's go a little deeper. So what you do now is you say, okay, list all the, you know, all the reasons why you are a confident performer sometimes, why you're actually good. You go, yep, these are all the reasons why I'm good. I've got training. I've got experience. Now you say, how has imposter syndrome benefited you and other people? And you think, oh, I don't really know. How could I possibly, what are, what are the benefits of imposter syndrome, you know? And you have, well, this is where you have to dig deep with the person. You say, okay, so imposter syndrome, if anything, is encouraging you to reflect upon who you are. What a beautiful gift from imposter syndrome to reflect on who you are. That's a, I think self-reflective thinking on your identity as a performer is an incredible medicine for the soul. Go, yeah, who am I? Who is this other part of me that I have trying to be denying for so many years. It's like getting to know another part of yourself. So you say, okay, it's, it's been serving me to expand my being, to expand my spirituality, my meaning, my purpose as a performer and entertainer. What a beautiful gift. That's one thing. Then go ahead and list 10 things. And what you do is you, you balance the emotions. So you go, well, I know all the reasons why I'm good. Right? I'm happy to, you know, show off, you know, I've done this, my, my background as a performer and a musician, but we don't like to admit the things that we screwed up on or the things that we feel, you know, embarrassed about. But start going through reasons of why imposter syndrome is serving you and the people you perform to. And you'll start to balance and go, actually, having imposter syndrome is not so bad because you balance the emotions. Just by, you know, a, f a fresh 
point of view or a new frame of mind and this way you you come into uh you know equanimity if you, you harmonize yourself and when you're in that centered place you're more grateful for life you're more appreciative and you expand who you are you expand your being yeah well, that's that's one thing you can do i'll give you an example um so there's a, a guy who's he's actually uh, a musician i've been talking to him recently and he says uh sam i'm meeting with a new band i've got to go and meet with a new band and and they're kind of they think i'm more experienced than them and he says i'm feeling really nervous and uh what what can i do and i said listen you're thinking of all the reasons why they are going to say oh, you're not that good i said just remind yourself of all the reasons for why you are good and what you can bring to them so come from a place of service and imposter syndrome will dissolve again make it about your audience make it about the people you're working with and i got a lot of my my inspiration from a book called man's search for meaning by victor frankl this book is incredible it's only a small book and there's a, a beautiful quote in there that he says when you uh when you have decided on on a cause or you have devoted yourself to another person or to a cause that benefits other people your meaning for life expands and you make it less about yourself you you can't step a foot wrong when you come from a place of service and of loving other people so when you choose right i'm going to go into this and serve people as a performer an entertainer as an artist you it's like we don't mind if you make slip ups because you're here to, you and you you think well if i make a mistake if i feel nervous i kind of laugh it off and say yeah i'm human but i'm here to serve people with my art mhm mm that's so, so beautiful so that's that's it's one way you can approach it to it's really about reframing your thinking yeah and i think it's so like especially now to be approaching things with the idea of service is so important because our world right now is just so like self-focused and so anytime that you're keeping other people in mind or doing something for other people like it always brings good back to you yeah and yeah i love thinking about it from that angle i think that's really great let me tell you about narcissism cuz imposter syndrome can uh, be manifested through narcissistic you know uh, behavior and thoughts of like it's all about me imposter syndrome is a, is a little bit it's all about me because you've forgotten your audience right however let me tell you uh so narcissism is a, a term in psychology for self deception and sometimes self absorbed or you know self entitlement you know being full of yourself loving yourself too much and it comes from a greek mythology from the character whose name is narcissus who was a young man very handsome who was very full of himself and he loved the way he looked and so the story goes that a beautiful young lady a forest nymph comes out of the forest and says to uh narcissus narcissus i love you i want to marry you i want to spend the rest of my life with you and being that narcissus was so full of himself he denied this young lady and basically told her to get lost and broke her heart 
Well, Aphrodite, the love of the, the goddess of love, she was watching from the clouds and she saw this and she thought, I'm going to teach this young man a lesson he won't forget. And so she cast a spell. And the spell was that one day as Narcissus was walking home through the forest, he came across a pond and he saw his face reflected in the water. And he was like, oh my gosh, look at that beautiful face. And he became entranced and he was never able to break the spell of looking at himself. And he died looking at himself. The story is that don't let self-deception uh, be your downfall. Don't be deceived by thinking that you are better than what you are. Or don't be deceived by, you know, a, f a false love of self. You know, and remember beautiful things, you know, of like loving other people as well. And if you find that a forest nymph comes your way and wants to marry you, you know, it's probably a, a good idea to say, I'd, I'd love to. It sounds like a great idea. <laughs> so I feel like this kind of ties into the idea of self-worth, which we mentioned like a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so what made you choose the name self-worth, Sam, and how do you see... Um, self-worth coming up as you're working with people yeah i uh, first of all i like the way it rolls off the tongue self-worth sam right you know it's kind of like my stage name and um self-worth has been of particular interest to me for a long time uh because i had a my self-worth wound was around being paid money to do what i love doing i and a lot of artists and entertainers probably experience this too of like i don't feel that i can charge for my performance for my art and i think that's a cultural thing of like it's not worth anything because it's just art it's just music and we minimize ourselves because we don't feel that we are of value or what we have to contribute is of value and so the self-worth comes down and so I went exploring and meditating on, okay, what's my self-worth wound? You know, the, the self-worth wound, you know, the, our pain, what ails you? What's the thing that you always, that you always come back to, the thing that holds you back? And for me, it was, actually, it was two things. It was, if I don't have money, I'm not successful. Hmm. And if I don't have friends, there's something wrong with me, like, you know, I have I, I found that this was my, my wound. And when I have money and when I have friends, then I'll have self-worth. That was my script and story that I, I'd realized I was telling myself for so long. And then I realized, well, it shouldn't matter how much money or how many friends I have. I have self-worth regardless. And so I recommend to people go, imagine you could never achieve the thing that you are setting out to. You'll never get it. Are you still of value? Yes. Uh, psych psychotherapist, Dr. Carl Jung. He is incredible when it comes to talking about psychology and art or the artist. And he says, everyone has inside themselves an incorruptible value, a value that can never be taken away from you. So our task is to find that value and to bring it out. And he used the approach of interpreting dreams. 
So I really encourage artists and musicians and performers to write down their dreams, to draw their dreams as best they can, and to interpret them in your own way. Don't go to the dream dictionary. The best dream dictionary is your own imagination. So when I started to interpret my dreams from the point of view of what's my value, then my dreams started to take on a whole new meaning. And I got an incredible amount of wisdom from them. And if you think about it, dreams are kind of, they live in our darkness, in our unconscious, which is where the shadow is, which is where imposter syndrome is. And so by going into our dreams as an access point, drawing our dreams and saying, what are you trying to tell me? You're actually able to get the wisdom from what these parts of you are trying to say, what your self-worth wound and pain is trying to teach you. And then you reframe and go, you know what? I'm so thankful that I went through imposter syndrome and self-doubt because it taught me a valuable lesson that I have value. And when you get there, it's like, huh, it was there all the time. Yeah. I think sometimes the idea of talents can kind of affect that. Like what you were talking about with um, not getting paid or not feeling comfortable, like accepting payment for your work or something, or people not wanting to pay you because it's just seen as art. Mm -hmm. I think it's because this there's this idea that like, well, you're talented, like you were born with it and not recognizing the work that you've put in. And I think that that inherent value, sometimes recognizing the hard work <laughs> over talent, like you have to have both and everyone has, like everyone is a creative person in some ways, just finding how you can express it. Yeah. Um, I think that that helps that inherent value even if you make a mistake because it's not like oh well the only thing going for me was my talent and now it's gone mm -hmm. you can just recognize like you as a being are inherently valuable and from there you can like value your creativity also work really hard towards it and find that balance yeah i think making mistakes is probably one of the best things to move towards mastery hmm. make all the mistakes create improvise try things out fall flat on your face and get back up again and, and do it again i believe life should be an adventure and yeah. adventure includes running into brick walls sometimes or slipping and falling and being ridiculed and then going all right all right i slipped up but i can get back up again and i can continue to be creative what an incredible value to recognize that you can get back up again and shake it off and say yeah i slipped up but i'm a creative yeah. i'm a creative person my identity is i will be creative no matter what happens it's like you tap into an eternal value it's incredibly empowering yeah how do you um like what do you recommend if someone's having trouble kind of tapping into that value like if they're really not feeling like they can see their worth outside of their work. Okay, well, going back to the, the seven areas of life that we were talking about earlier on. Mm -hmm. So you have your social life, you have your financial life, your physical body is a part of your life, your spiritual, your vocation, uh, your relationship, and uh, your mind. Okay, so let's just, it helps you to categorize different areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And you think, okay, 
in my vocation, in my job, if I'm feeling, you know, not worthy, you go, that's fine, okay, we'll hold that for a second, we'll work in, with that in a minute, but let's look into an area of your life where you do recognize your value, or where in your life, where in other parts of your life are you giving value and you being recognized for it? And you go, well, let me look. And you go, well, in my relationship with my partner, maybe with my friends, my family, my children, you can go, yep, I'm, I've got worth there. I'm of worth to those people. And the relationship is of worth to me. And you can go, okay, well, let's look in another area of my life. Let's look in my, let's look to the physical aspect of my body and my physical space. Is there worth in my physical space? And you think, yeah, I, I like to keep my, my area, you know, beautiful, attractive, mm -hmm. and harmonious. So there's worth in your physical space. And then you go, okay, what about my body? And then you can talk about diet, fitness, you know, sleep, beautiful sleep, Bronwyn, right? Do I value myself in that area? Am I giving myself, you know, self-care days and these sorts of things? Mm. So look for other areas in your, of your life where you do have worth and you go, actually, I've actually got tons of worth. And then you go, okay, what is it that I've been doing in those areas of my life and how can I transfer that over and apply it into the area, say, in my career or my intelligence or my creativity? Yeah. Wow, that's so helpful. Yeah. Is there anything else about self-worth or imposter syndrome or anything on these topics that you want to share with people you think is important for them to know? Well, we could talk about second-guessing yourself. We could talk about perfectionism, overthinking, um, and devaluing yourself or being too stuck in your head. You know, that l mental looping. So a lot of these things really can be uh, softened by just taking them a moment with yourself and asking that deep with wisdom within yourself, what are you trying to tell me? Just a simple reflective question and ask, what is the deeper wisdom here? Because it's in there. We just don't give ourselves time to listen to our own deep wisdom. And we're true, too busy looping in our mind and overthinking about things out in the world and what people will think about us and trying to get it right, that we forget that we have this incredible creative heart and creative, uh, creative mind that just really comes from nowhere. How beautiful is that? We have this ability to create something from nothing. And you can access that by asking a simple question. What are you, you say, imposter syndrome, what are you trying to teach me? Overthinking, what are you trying to tell me? Um, second guessing myself. You know, what do you, what's the deeper wisdom here? And that questioning, first of all, stops the thinking and gives that little gap of, it breaks the sort of the routine thinking of panic and anxiety and it helps you reflect on, on the deeper aspects of yourself. So that's a, a really great first way to go into this. Yeah. Kind of the idea that like you already have the answers. You just have to learn how to like ask the questions ask. and sit with yourself. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. a, little, a little story. Uh, many years ago, I had an injury where um, a tiny piece of metal flew through my left eyeball. It was uh, pretty 
traumatic and I had to go to hospital emergency and they had to uh, do surgery on my left eye to remove a piece of metal. Which Sounds had, so painful. Which had gone all the way through my eye because my safety glasses were on my head at the time, right? Wow. And that caused a lot of pain for many years, even though medical specialists gave me strong medication and they said, look, you're just going to have to be on this medication long term. So I kind of took my own healing into my own hands and I found a book and, you know, it was like a sort of a meditation, mindfulness kind of healing book. And I just read at random on the on one page and it said, ask the part of your body that is painful what it's trying to tell you. And so I just sat with that question for a little while and listened to my own conscience and a little voice came up and said slow down trust yourself and live in the moment and i thought well how do you do that exactly <laughs> how, how do you trust yourself and how do you you know uh live in the moment so i, I had to practice doing those things oh, okay that's going to be my mantra mm -hmm. and i found by slowing down and just going all right i'm going to enjoy life a little bit more not rush i used to rush a lot Bronwyn try to get too much done too quickly now I'm I'm in this for the long term and so I really recommend to people the slowing down approach mm. chill out a little bit and breathe listen to your deep wisdom and you're gonna find that you will heal you have an automatic or let us call it, you have a natural healing ability if you just get over get out of your own way for a moment give yourself space mentally that's mm -hmm. going to be really great for you. Yeah. That's, yeah. I agree with all of that and I really love it. <laughs> I'm getting my uh, meditation and mindfulness certification right now. Oh, so, great. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the process of taking in all of these concepts in a little bit more of a deep way than I have before. Yeah. And, yeah. Another, another area you might want to check out is um, growth mindset. Or positive psychology so uh, the University of Pennsylvania you've got the uh, positive psychology department with dr. Martin Seligman who's been on TED talks he's got a book called authentic happiness and you've also got um, Angela Druck I think her name is but you've got a whole bunch of experts on growth mindset and one of the causes of imposter syndrome is actually that people feel that their intelligence cannot be improved, that they're born with a default level. And I guess you could say the same thing about creativity. Creative people kind of feel, well, my creativity is, I was born with a certain amount and I can't develop it. Well, I think that's all wrong. And so the, the research on growth mindset principles says rather than believe that intelligence cannot be improved realize that you can train you can learn you can improve your intelligence you can improve your creativity and your happiness so growth mindset principles are another great way to to work with this okay yeah i'll definitely check out that book that sounds really good yeah well, thank you. Um, if people are interested in getting in touch with you or working with you, where can they find you? They can go to selfworthsam.com or they can look me up on, uh, I've got Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, selfworthsam is the, uh, the account name. And I've got a book, which is about imposter syndrome. I've got an online course, 
which is like a 30-day challenge. Got some free resources as well. If people want a, a free starter kit or self-confidence starter kit, you can go to selfworthsam.com. You can see that there. And I've got tons of live streams. I think I'm up to episode 204 now. Just answering questions that are the most searched for questions regarding confidence, self-worth, imposter syndrome, that sort of thing. And I started to interview actors and performers and just to get their sort of perspective of what it's like going through imposter syndrome and then to sort of talk through to, with them, you know, about it. And so they're available yeah. now on, on YouTube. Nice. So there's lots of places to find me. Yeah, that's great. And I'll link some stuff in the show notes so people can find it more easily. Thank you, Bronnie. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Yeah, it's I really been... appreciate you coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. All right, my friends. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you gleaned a lot from this. I know that I certainly did, and I'm really excited to put some of these things into practice whenever I am feeling imposter syndrome creep in for me. Like I said at the beginning, um, all of Sam's info is in the show notes, so go check that out. And also, like last week, um, I have the same link that you can use to donate to help children in Ukraine. That's also in the show notes. So um, if you are able to do that or give through this link, please do so. All right, my friends. I hope you have an absolutely amazing week. And I look forward to connecting on here again next Monday. Remember, you are magic. Live in love. Thank you.